Hello you guys, it's Katie, and welcome back to another episode of Crime and Crochet. In this week's episode, we're going to be talking about Jack the Stripper, which I am sure you've heard of Jack the Ripper, one of the most notorious serial killers, and also known to be the first serial killer, but today we're talking about Jack the Stripper, which is a completely different case, so with that, let's just get straight into it. Just a warning for you guys before we start this episode, this episode does include topics of murder and murder of prostitutes, as well as this is an unsolved case. I am just going to put that out there. That way, if you're going to get frustrated by not knowing the results of the case, because I know sometimes that happens to me, you can just avoid this episode if you would like to. But if you are intrigued, then just keep on listening. This case is also known as the Hammersmith Nude Murders, and it was a series of six murders that occurred in West London, England between 1964 and 1965. All the victims were prostitutes, and they were all undressed when they were found murdered. And that is how this killer got the name of Jack the Stripper. And it was in reference to Jack the Ripper, like I mentioned, the other famous serial killer. As I mentioned, these six murders happened between 1964 and 1965. Now there are two more murders one in 1959 and one in 1963, that some investigators have also linked to this same perpetrator. Now, whether or not they were actually the same person, I'm not exactly sure. I don't think anyone is exactly sure, but I am going to tell you about those cases anyway, because some people do think they are related. And if they are committed by the same person, then that would be eight victims total. So if these two victims were murdered by the same person as the other six, then the first victim is Elizabeth Fig, and she was found dead at 5.10 a.m. on the 17th of July, 1959, by some police officers who were doing their routine patrol around the area. When Elizabeth's body was found, her dress was torn and was placed to be revealing. And they also had quite a few items missing, like her underwear and her shoes. She had no ID, no personal belongings, all of that stuff. And when a pathologist examined her body, they determined that she was killed between midnight and 2 a.m. on that same day. So her mother and roommate both identified her body by seeing a picture of her face, so that is how they figured out who this woman was. Now, the theory was that she was murdered in a client's car, because remember, 
this killer has killed all prostitutes and that she probably left her shoes, underwear, handbag, all of that in this person's car. They even had witnesses that were opposite of where she was found. So like across the street at a pub and they said around 12.05 a.m. there was a car outside and that car suddenly switched off its headlights and shortly after that they heard a woman screaming. But that's basically all the information on her death. So super tragic, just like all of these cases we talk about. The second victim that, like I said, not every investigator thinks was related, but some do, was Gwyneth Rees. And she was found dead on the 8th of November, 1963. And she was almost completely nude. The only thing on her body when she was found was a stocking on her right leg. And most of the other cases, unfortunately, are very similar. Some strangled, found with teeth missing, all kinds of stuff. One woman was even pregnant, stuff like that. I will spare you guys the details of all the victims, but just know it was pretty brutal. So as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, this case is unsolved, but I am going to get into a couple of the suspects that they did have at certain points and whether or not they were actually thought to be the real killers and all of that stuff. A man by the name of Keith Archibald, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, was a 51-year-old man that actually confessed to the killing of one of these women. So, of course, he was charged with murder and went to trial in June of 1964. And then when he went to trial, he actually pled not guilty and retracted his confession. Since there was no evidence to actually link him to the crime, the only thing they had was his confession. He was found not guilty and acquitted by a judge. A man by the name of Mongu Ireland. I Again, I'm sorry if I butcher names. But he was a Scottish man living in England for a little while as a security guard. And he was suspected of the murders. I really don't have details on why they thought he was the murderer. But he eventually ended up committing suicide by carbon monoxide poisoning and he left a note for his wife that said I can't stick it any longer to save you and the police looking for me I'll be in the garage now they do state that more recent research suggests that he was actually in Scotland at the time of at least one of the murders so he could not have been the killer, but for some reason at the time, investigators thought he was. There's also a lot more people that they suspected of being the killer at some point in time, 
whether it was just one person saying they had great evidence when they actually didn't, or it was a full-on investigation and they went to trial. So many different situations. For time's sake, I'm just going to skip on to the main suspect that they actually, to this day, still think did it. But, of course, since it's been so long, he has passed away, so they can't prosecute him. So that man is Harold Jones, and he does have a lot that would make you think it was him. So when he was 15 in 1921, he killed two girls and received a life sentence for those killings. Now he was released from prison in 1941 when he was 35 because of good behavior. Now, he was believed to have returned to the area where he killed those victims, and then by 1947, they believed that he was living in the area where these prostitutes were killed. But not only did he live close to these murders, but there was also a lot of similarities from these murders to the first two girls that he had killed back in 1921. So that is their main thing for thinking that he was the perpetrator of these murders. He did pass away though in 1971, so even if he was the killer, he obviously would not be able to be prosecuted for his crimes. Another interesting thing is that in January of 2019, there was a documentary released on this case, and they had a forensic psychologist and one of the former detectives on this show. And when they were asking about Jones and the killings he had done and if they could be measured against the killings of Jack the Stripper, they did say that there were many similarities. And honestly, that is where this case ends. There's not much more details on it, still unsolved, like I said. So let me know. Head over to my Instagram at Crime and Crochet. Tell me if you guys think that he was the killer or if you think it was somebody else, or if you don't know, whatever. I want to hear your opinions on it. I personally think that he was the killer. It seems the most likely, but I still want to hear your opinions, so let me know. So now for this week's crochet pattern. This crochet pattern is the Amarin Beanie by Naughty Girl Crochet, so that is K-N-O-T-T- Y G U R L and then the word crochet. So that is her name on Instagram as well as Ravelry. And if you guys do want to check her out, I will be including pictures of this pattern on my Instagram. Like I said, that is at Crime and Crochet. You guys can always find a post on there where I share more details on the crime cases, pictures of the crime cases, pictures of the crochet patterns, my sources for the episode, all of that. 
So if you want more information on the pattern, you can find that as well as the pattern creators over there. And if you guys are also interested, she has some yarn dyeing and some oats yarn in her square shop. So just thought I would shout that out as well. And I can also link that through my Instagram if you guys want to check that out. But that is this week's crochet pattern, and I hope you all have enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Crime and Crochet. I hope you have enjoyed. If you did, the best way you can help me out is leaving a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. And if you guys want to check out more information, such as the crochet pattern I shouted out in this episode, the case, my sources, and more information on the podcast, you can check out at Crime and Crochet on Instagram. And if you want some more Crime and Crochet related content, you can also check out the Reddit page that I started for the podcast, r slash Crime and Crochet. With that, I hope you guys will tune in to the next episode next Saturday of Crime and Crochet. And make sure that you are staying safe out there so you don't become one of these victims that we talk about each week. And with that, goodbye y'all.